everyone, it is Stephanie Postles, the host of Up Next in Commerce. Before we get into our latest interview with another e-commerce leader, I wanted to let you know that the Up Next in Commerce podcast is now available for sponsorship for the first time ever. By partnering with us, your company will be connected to interviews with the most compelling founders, CEOs, VPs, and digital leaders in the world of commerce today. You have nothing to gain but thousands of followers and millions of impressions each and every month. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to see how your business can benefit from partnering with our team at Up Next in Commerce. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce, the show that takes you to the front lines of what's happening in digital, retail, and beyond, with conversations from fast-growing startups to the Fortune 500 and everything in between. You'll get a glimpse into what's next. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, the co-founder and CEO of mission.org, and I'll be your guide through all the trends, innovations, and hot topics in the world of commerce. Is modern day marketing just an ongoing fight to capture attention? How can companies find new ways to spark customer interest in their brands? Our guest today is from a company that has taken an unconventional and provocative approach to building a standout brand in a very crowded market. I first came across Liquid Death Mountain Water at the Austin City Limits Music Festival when it was literally the only water you could drink there. So of course, I was immediately intrigued by what they were up to. This is why I was excited to speak with Hamid Safi, Liquid Death's SVP of Digital Retail. The company has turned the packaged water segment on its head, and there are so many interesting takeaways from this conversation. Let's get into it. What are business leaders thinking about when they aren't winning at business? Family, travel, the latest TV show? Yes, yes, and maybe. But how about quirky business opportunities or little discussed financial trends or maybe even plant medicine benefits and alternative wellness? Mission Daily is back, baby, and our flagship podcast is better than ever. Mission Daily is the podcast for the business builder, the thoughtful marketer, the team manager, the blue-collar worker looking for new ways to think about life, finances, and health. This is for the people who want to break the status quo and laugh a little or a lot along the way. Join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we address the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't often talk about. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Hamid, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I just want to start with the obvious and ask a question I'm sure everyone's wondering around you working at Liquid Death. I know you were one of four or five first employees, and now the company is valued at $700 million. Let's just start there. Like, how does it feel working at a company that has grown like it has? You know, it's, it's pretty crazy because I think like when you're one of the early stage people at a company, you almost just forget of like everything that it took to get to this point. Like, I kind of look back at all the things we accomplished in the first year and it felt like it wasn't a lot, but I had to really like sit down and like list out the things that we did, because I think you're like, you just celebrate wins very fast. You move on to the next thing. There's a next challenge. And I think that's how we approached it. So yeah, you know, now that we're at 700 million for me, it feels like, you know, jobs still not done. We're still doing the same stuff that we kind of did to get to this point. It is more heads down on trying to crack the code on different kinds of problems and bigger problems now than before, but it's truly been 
probably, you know, the best thing of my career, obviously, you know, coming in from advertising to working at Liquid Death and building something from the ground up has always been exciting to me. The most, I think, remarkable thing is as we hire new people and new talent, the kind of ex- like enthusiasm and zest they have for just bringing in like cool, crazy, insane ideas to the brand as we've gotten bigger. And everyone is just like rallied around this like common cause to really bring the most like healthy thing on earth, which is water and do it in a fun way and break through the market. Everyone's kind of like rallied around that mission has been pretty remarkable. So all in all, it feels like it's gone by fast, but I know we've done a bunch of stuff and it's been incredible to see, but it just feels like we still have some stuff to do. Yeah, that's amazing. When I uh, first heard of Liquid Death, it was at a music festival here in Austin called Austin City Limits. And like Liquid Death had taken over the music festival. You couldn't get any other kind of water. And I was like, okay, who is this brand? What is happening? And like, why can we only drink, you know, mountain spring water out of a can? And then you get it and you're like, okay, this is pretty epic. And you want to read the story and hear the background of it. And you, like, I really started going down the wormholes of figuring out like, who is this company and how did they take over a huge music festival here in Austin? But for anyone who doesn't know now what you guys sell, like what is Liquid Death? Because I know you guys have a couple more product lines outside of just the mountain spring water. Yeah, so Liquid Death for the first about 18 months of the business was just one singular skew. It was just Mountain Stillwater. That's our white can. And then after that, we launched our Sparkling Unflavored, which was um, the black can that we have. And now earlier this year in January, we launched three new flavors of Sparkling, which is Severed Lime, Mango Chainsaw, and Bury It Alive. So we have five skews of water, which in essence cover our kind of retail footprint Um, And then we also have merch that we sell D to C as well. So our merch business is a really thriving business. We look at it like we look at like a streetwear brand would look at merch. Um, We have well over a hundred SKUs of merch as well. So that's the all encompassing view of like products for Liquid Death. Um, And then we've done content stuff as well. Like we've released music albums where we took hater comments and we use them for lyrics as songs to two different albums. The first album was um, a metal album. They're called Greatest Hates, by the way. Oh my gosh, that's great. The second album was a punk album. Um, We've dropped a feature-length movie, which was released last year called Death Till Death, which is on Prime. So yeah, we've done stuff from product to content, um, but all of them are either really about bringing fun, having people laugh, it's entertaining. And then how do we like weave in the sustainability story as well? So that's all, all the stuff that we've kind of created so far. Yeah, I mean, your guys' brand is so fun. I was looking earlier at one of the advertising campaigns where it was showing a taste test of, you know, liquid death versus like a high-end lobster sauce or something. And people are blindfolded and like truly disturbed that they're drinking lobster sauce. I'm like, okay, where these people are willing to go with their marketing apparently has no limits. And I'm here for it because it's super funny. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like interesting right now. Cause I, you know, I say this a lot, but especially in the, with D to C brands and with just like general marketing, I feel like marketing is almost like been flashed back to the fifties where everything was about like benefits, mm-hmm. like use this toothpaste. It makes your teeth whiter. And now with 97% less, blah, blah, blah. And Mike, who's our CEO and really the creative visionary behind the brand, you know, we work together in advertising and he always thought about, well, like we're just capturing and fighting for like attention. And like, how do we get the attention first? And we can tell the story. You know, it's almost like going on a date. If you're on a date, you don't lead with every amazing thing that there is about you. You kind of like, try to find the connection first and you get to all the other stuff and brands don't do that. It's like, yeah, here's the five different RTVs of why you should buy my thing. And we've taken a completely different approach and it's like very tongue in cheek. And sometimes we even like reference and mention hate 
commonly with the stuff that we do. So yeah, it's just part of the DNA of the brand. Yeah. So how do you measure performance on, you know, you're talking about movies and rap albums. I mean, do you see like a great uplift in sales afterwards or is it more just, you know, throwing things against the wall? Let's see if these stick and move on quickly if they don't. How have they done actually? Yeah, it's kind of like twofold, I guess, the way that we look at it. It's there's stuff that's definitely moving sales on a day to day basis where we can track. We did X ad for this long. We got this result. And then with like many early stage companies, and even like bigger companies, when you get into more an awareness side of things, it's just like how additive is that to building the brand and the connection to the brand? And the way that we measure some of that stuff, because, yeah, when we do a campaign like the flavor taste test, which you mentioned, that stuff does have an impact on sales. We see it on, we saw it on our .com, we saw it on our Amazon business, and we'll see it at retail, but it's harder to measure. And it's an age old dilemma that a lot of you know businesses try to figure out and solve. But for us, the things that we look at is like brand awareness, how much has that grown over the last couple of years? You know, when we do things on TikTok, like for example, now I think we're on, t- maybe have like a 1.5 million plus followers on TikTok early stage on TikTok was people leaving comments like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And now it's like, well, my friend tried that, or I saw that at ACL or Rolling Loud or wherever it might've been. Mm -hmm. And so the awareness stuff is paying off. The retail footprint is paying off. The the paid media that we're putting in is paying off. And for us at the end of the day, like we have revenue goals that are pretty specific on the retail side of the business and the digital side of the business. And those things are all growing pretty insanely. So that's the way that we kind of evaluated. But I think early on, we were very mindful of like not always being super reactive to like, oh, we tried this thing. It didn't work. So let's just not never do it again. We're very iterative of like, okay, well, it didn't work that time this way. How, what if we tweak this and try it this way? And that's kind of like how we approach, whether it's digital spend, stuff that we do on D2C or Amazon, or even, you know, optimizations that we do with like displays that we build at retail stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys are in, I think, 29,000 retailers, right? I saw the number. I was like, wild. Yeah. We're now in like over 70,000. So we've gotten pretty insane retail distribution growth. 70. Oh my gosh. So 70 and growing pretty fast, like national at Whole Foods, um, pretty national at like Target, big places. And then obviously, you know, Amazon being the number one retailer, we have a thriving Amazon business as well. But yeah, 70,000 stores and growing. Wow. Yeah. I just went to... uh... Torchy's Tacos here in Austin. They had it yesterday too. So I had to get one before prepping, knowing this interview was coming up. So I was like, they really are everywhere. Yeah. I think that's kind of the next way for us is like food service accounts and like, Mm -hmm. you know, those independent like restaurants and bars, like that's a a big opportunity area for us moving into next year. So I want to go in a little bit to talk about the merchandising strategy, but before we do, I actually want to hear a bit about you. Cause to me, it's like such a unique perspective that you were able to view this company for what it was in 2019 and want to be one of the first employees. I want to understand like, who is me? Like, tell me a bit about like, how did you grow up or like, why are you who you are? Yeah. So I'm from Afghanistan, was born in Afghanistan. Uh, We were refugees to America when I was five. So I grew up in Atlanta and, you know, my dad had a choice of living in New York, San Francisco, Virginia, DC area or Atlanta. And this was like in the late eighties. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to move my kids to Atlanta. And Atlanta was like a, like a, you know, a city kind of being born and just kind of growing and very small at at the time, but it's been a great place to live because it's brought a lot of like 
energy around like music and how I looked at like the world through the music scene in Atlanta had a lot of diversity in terms of like places that I grew up. But being from Afghanistan and being a refugee, I think it just like instills a different kind of like spirit around like work and work ethic. To me, at least it did. Like my parents both worked two jobs for quite a long time. So, you know, when I graduated college, I was like, I just want to get into something that I can really like hone in on. How do I use consumer behavior and kind of organizational design and do some stuff that works? And when you're out of college, you have things that you want to do and the things that you actually end up getting a job at. Yep. And I was fortunate enough to get a job in digital and built my career kind of in digital. But the way that Liquid Death happened was around 2016, I was working at an agency and maybe like six or seven months in, we needed a new creative director. And I I was running the business at a pretty big CPG conglomerate. We had like five different of their accounts. We were their digital agency of record. We did TV spots and other stuff too. But six months in, we had an interview for a creative director. And that's where I met Mike, who's the CEO of Liquid Death. So we met in advertising. He ran the creative side of the business. I ran the kind of the business side of things. And he pitched me on this business like at some point. And I was like, this seems like an insane and a dumb idea. But like because it was Mike and he's one of the sharpest people I've ever met and talked to because it was him, I was like, there's something here. Yeah, we were just kind of fortunate enough to, you know, he reached out. and was like, hey, do you want to kind of just run marketing and do this thing with me? And we've been doing it since 2019. So it's been insane. Wow. That's really fun hearing like how those connection points started and where they led to now. And yeah, really fun. All right. So I want to shift over to the merchandising aspect of Liquid Death because this is something that I've seen many brands try to do. And many brands talk about how important it is to, you know, be able to sell merch and like how big of an uplift that could have to revenue, but I haven't seen anyone doing it like you all have. So I want to hear like, what is behind this strategy? And if you can share like, you know, how big of a part of your strategy is around the merchandise that you sell? Yeah. I mean, early on, like first year, we had five to maybe seven SKUs of merch. And it was like the typical stuff that a lot of brands do, which is like, they take a logo and they just put it on a piece of apparel and go like, here's our merch collection. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Um, Early on, we kind of gated merchandise. So you couldn't even buy merch unless you were part of what we call the country club. And to get into country club, you had to sign your soul over to us for eternity. That's great. It's a legally binding contract that we made. And it was really just like, an email acquisition driver, right? Which is like, how do we get some more email addresses for our program? Let's create this thing. It was called Country Club. And as part of joining Country Club, we would give you a free case of liquid death on your first case order. So it was also like sparking trial. And so that happened. And then we went from like maybe 5,000 signups the first month to like now we have over 200,000 people that are part of Country Club. But in that first couple of months, it was just gated to you have to be a part of Country Club. And then I was like, well, why don't we just like open this up and just like sell this to everyone? And we started seeing really fast, like, you know, responses and people really stoked to be able to buy it. And then from there, we kind of figured out and through the help of Adam, who was like our, you know, early design director at Liquid Death and with Mike, we kind of built out the plan for like what it would be. It's, it's like lead with art and then figure out what it kind of goes on next. Right. So that's how we look at it is what are cool designs that are just cool things that could be put on a lot of different things. We figure out like, what's the merch way to do it? And what's the merch thing to put it on? So I think one kind of big thing is like going beyond your logo and looking at things that people actually want to put on their bodies. And then from there, it's like, how do we establish a distribution and kind of a drop culture, which we do. We drop things 
on Tuesdays and Fridays, typically we work with artists. We have exclusive things that we launch. That's another big part of kind of the strategy. And I think lastly, it's just about the way that I think we've used merch is, is like a loyalty driver. Like, for example, like our subscription program that used to be on our website, we used to give people 10% off to subscribe, which most D2C brands give 10% off. And we're just not a promo brand. Like we don't do 10% offs or dollar offs. And so we took that away and said, what would happen to our subscription business if we gave everyone a free t-shirt when they subscribe to Liquid Death? Because the hypothesis is like, you're more loyal to a brand if you have it on your body and people are asking you about, what is that thing you're wearing? And when we first launched it, I was pretty nervous that people would just get their free t-shirt and churn out. And we didn't see that. We saw our subscription growth, you know, two, three X and people were actually churning out less as a result of this. And so that's kind of the skeleton foundation for like how we've been able to really successfully scale merch. Yeah, I love that. I saw that like over 50% of people who buy get merch. Is that number still accurate or is it even higher now? Well, we, we made a pretty strategic decision a couple of like months ago to before we were selling water through our website and on Amazon. Now, the only place you can buy liquid death water primarily is through Amazon. Um, so we don't sell water through our website anymore. Our site has really become a merch haven. That's really where we sell merch. And so, but yeah, right before we did that, it was close to about 50% of people were attaching merch to their water orders. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that gets into the whole question of why did you all decide to stop selling water on your own website? I think it just comes down to like when you're in beverage, it's a heavy product. We were dealing with the pandemic where supply chains have been affected. All shipping carriers are more expensive now than they were, you know, a couple of years ago. And margin wise, I think at this stage of the business that we're at, you know, we just were able to just realize the better, more scalability and better margins like running through Amazon. And, we, and it's been tremendous. Like our Amazon business is, is up like more than 10x over the last like year and a half or so. And we were able to really price Amazon in a way that gave us retail parity with prices that you see at retail. So that was a big, significant driver as well. So that's kind of the goal. And for us, I think, you know, a lot of brands think of like, well, should we sell D2C or Amazon? And it's like one or the other. They eventually will go into Amazon or they'll start first. We actually built a community and an audience first through D2C. And so we have that audience. They're super loyal and connected and fans of the brand. So now that we are selling on Amazon, it's like we're kind of bringing those people over to that world. We're also finding new people on Amazon as we advertise on Amazon through sponsored products and DSP and so forth. It's been a really big payoff for the business for that transition. Yeah, that's great. And do you is there a strategic reason of why you want to keep your merch on your website? Or are you also offering merch on Amazon where it maybe shows up when people are looking at Liquid Death? It kind of comes up on the bottom product area, like also bought with type of thing. Yeah, I think, you know, we're experimenting with some other channels with merch. Some festivals have already had Liquid Death. We'll have a merch booth there. We're also thinking of other digital channels to, to sell merchandise. So I think there will be some diversity of what happens with merch throughout the, the remainder of this year and moving into next year. So there'll definitely be other places to purchase for sure. Hey there, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders, distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with Upnext in Commerce and sponsor this very show. 
reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org and let's have a conversation. I'm still just thinking like how you keep up with good designs. I mean, to me, you have two separate companies running here. One where it's like, we're just selling merchandise that people actually want to wear with good designs that, you know, people conversate about. And then you also have the water side of things. But how do you think about building out, you know, products that people want when it comes to t-shirts and whatnot? Like, how do you find good designs or how does your team stay on top of trends or make things that people actually want to wear? Because that to me is like a whole separate thing that a lot of D2C companies are even trying to figure out right now. Yeah. It's like, I've talked to a couple of founders when they start talking about merch, they're like, oh, we have this, you know, this girl who just graduated college and she's just like coming up with She's like the trends person, right? She's on Canva and looking around. Yeah, exactly. I think for us, like we do it by committee in many ways and good ideas come from a lot of places. And one of the beauties of Liquid Death is that you don't have to work in merch or creative to come up with a good idea. Like one of our most successful shirts that we had, which is like a NASCAR shirt that we did, like that was an idea that came from me. Another thing that we had a trash can idea that came from like a sales guy. Um, So we have ideas that come from everywhere and we have a committee of people where you know, a guy who leads art, his name is Andrew Hurt. He's phenomenal. We've got Adam, who's our design director, who's incredible. Misha, who kind of oversees the merch business. Uh, we've got people who've worked in metal and punk and art and all these different places where like they all can contribute to ideas. And we've done and made stuff that's come from everywhere. Sometimes ideas come from Mike, who's our CEO. So I think for us, it's like we've tried to find things that are cool in culture, but like find our way to do that. And then also we do things that are a little bit off the beaten path that you wouldn't maybe expect us to do. And we'll try and experiment with things like that. Like one thing, for example, is like we started selling like a cardboard cutout of our mascot, which we call the thirst executioner. We would put those in at like displays at retail stores. And we're like, all right, what if we just like sold this to people? Like what would happen? And people love them. So there's just, I think we all kind of get to a place with this brand where we don't want to over commercialize it and it still has to feel special. But then there's other places where it's like, oh, that's not going to sell. And then it crushes. And then there's other things that we go, oh, that's going to be amazing. And it doesn't do as well. So we're also still learning about like what is, and I don't know if we'll ever find this, like what is the sweet spot for merch? I don't know if we know. We have some things, but like the brand is growing so fast and the audience is diversifying so fast that it's just almost like a moving target for like, what is a good thing that we should release? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I saw you all also released a vending machine, which I was like, that's interesting where I guess it had the liquid death inside of it, which to me, I'm like, that's the interesting big bets that are just also could turn out funny. Even if they work, they don't work. Like that's pretty funny to say that you sold vending machines to customers. Yeah. And and the way some of that stuff comes up is like, we just needed a vending machine for this like ski resort that our lifestyle team was like seeding products to. And we're like, oh, we'll let's have one vending machine there. We're like, all right, to make one vending machine, we might as well make maybe a couple of others just in case. And then, yeah, we sold them on our website for $5,800. And people were, people were going for them and using Klarna more than ever was on our vending oh my machine. Gosh. So yeah it's, yeah, it's things from like koozies that are like five to $8 to almost a $6,000 vending machine, anything in, in between that. Yeah, I love that. What is maybe the most surprising? It can either be merch or like marketing campaign that paid off that you saw and you're like, I don't think this will work. I think on a smaller scale, we didn't necessarily think that this was going to fail, but it was just, it was such a new thing at the time. Like we released a pink sweatshirt for a brand that had done primarily all black and it sold out like in a day. So that was like a, a surprise. Other things I think is just that we, 
sometimes get surprised by kind of the after effects of a thing that we made. So one of, I think, our most successful things was we made a skateboard. We printed, I think, a hundred of them. And Tony Hawk is one of our ambassadors. So we actually drew his blood and mixed it in the paint. I saw this. The red paint. And we sold, yeah, we sold those boards and they sold out, I think, like in 11 minutes. And then after that, people were selling those boards on eBay for like $3,000. Lil Nas X reacted to it and we kind of blew up the internet for two days um, with this Lil Nas X reaction to what we did. And then we brought Lil Nas X and Tony Hawk together for for a video that we shot as well. So like that, those kind of things where you just, you put them out in culture and you just don't know like how people, other like talent entertainers are going to react to things. Like those things are obviously super, super hard to predict. Because we just thought, oh, we're going to make a board with Tony Hawk and we have this really cool creative idea. And yeah, we're going to get some press from it. But we didn't anticipate like what would happen from that. And to date, I think that's probably been our most successful campaign because it had so much write up. We got a ton of site traffic, like record levels of site traffic that we hadn't ever received before. So that was a bit of a surprise because we knew it was going to be successful, but we didn't know to what extent. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I saw the Tony Hawk thing. I'm like, I wasn't surprised that those skateboards sold out like I did. I used to play Tony Hawk when I played Xbox when I was like 12. So yeah, I have a special place in my heart for him. It was like the best game, right? (laughs) I know it was. I mean, there seems like there's an element of like quick reaction that your team has to always be ready to react to, you know, who might kind of come in and add an element to the campaign that you weren't expecting. Like, how did you jump on Little Nas X when he showed that reaction? Like, what does your team do in those moments? When something happens, it's unexpected. Yeah. I think working in like advertising, you know, when you pitch a client and they go, oh, like, we'll think about it. Ideas typically die over time, right? Or like someone else will do them. And I think part of just Mike and a lot of, you know, the team here is just like, it's about speed. And we try to move at the same speed that we moved in in 2019. And so if something's happening in culture, you know, the marketing team will kind of rally around. Like we were able to have connections with managers and so forth and being able to put something together really fast. I think that with the way that we approach things is like, there is a certain element of polish to the liquid death stuff that gets put out, but there's a lot of things that feel way more organic. Like if anyone signed up to like our email newsletter, like our emails are not designed. It's just white. It's just copy. Sometimes we just tell people to go buy more liquid death. That's it. Like we try to pick and choose our moments where like we get over stylized and overly do it. And other times we keep it as organic as possible to move faster. And so for us, like, yeah, we're always just trying to like see what's happening in culture, whether it's like a trend and influencer, but at the same time, I think for us, I said this like on stage at a conference recently, it was like, we're almost like Ralph Lauren in a way that like it's classic and we're not going to chase everything. Like we do the things that make sense for us where we can inject something. But, you know, in talking to a lot of founders, they're like, oh, there's this dance on TikTok. So we're going to do this thing. And then we're going to do try that. And it's just like, well, you kind of lose like what your brand is and, and jumping into like meme currency and that. So I think we stay very true to like what we are. And if it's something that makes sense, like we jump on it, but we're not chasing trends. We're very classic and true to kind of who we are. Yeah, love that. Don't get distracted. That's good. When you're looking at the market today, I mean, I see new incumbents coming in, trying to, you know, obviously replicate water in a can. What do you think when you see these companies trying to come in? I mean, your marketing to me is so good that it's like easy to stay ahead. But then you also hear the motto like, oh, marketing is only good until a certain point. So like, what do you think when you see, you know, people trying to jump into your space? 
I think like we always knew like we couldn't own this can water. Like it's just, there are going to be entrants coming in from like bigger brands and companies and CPGs to, to smaller ones. And so for us, I think it's like more of like a validation. I think there is a little bit of like flattery when someone tries to imitate. It's, it's really hard. I think the way that we think about competitors now is like, we kind of don't like we're really in our lane trying to focus on putting out the best stuff that we can put out with an audience that's really like connected and loves us. That's what we're focusing in on. We're not really like thinking about, oh, what are they doing? What are they trying? What are they checking out? I think we always get inspiration. It seems like most of the inspiration that Liquid Death gets is typically from things that are outside of like beverage. Like we find inspiration in art and movies and music and things like that. And that's what inspires us, whether it's designs and merch or content that we put out. That's where the inspiration comes from. So for us, I think like we we know there's competition. There'll be more of them. But, you know, we're focused on very succinctly on like what we are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, don't get distracted. That's good. Exactly. It's, it's a theme I keep hearing of like, we're staying focused and not even looking around. And actually that's, I mean, something I think a lot of good founders and startups do is like, if you look too much into your competitors, you start becoming them. So maybe look into other industries or just stay heads down on like where, you know, you want to go. Yeah. Even with like chatter, right? Like you get five to 10 negative comments on a piece of content or someone doesn't like your product and you're like, oh, what should we fix? And should we talk to the co-packer and like the flavor? And it's just like, just focus on your vision because for us early on, like 50% of probably the things, the comments that we were getting were like hate comments and people just thought it was like dumb. And yeah, that percentage has kind of decreased, but we still have our fair share of haters out there. But I think it's just like staying true to what the vision is. And yeah, to your point, just like not getting distracted. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right. Last question I want to ask you is what are you most excited about over the coming year at Liquid Death? Like, what are you working on? Any big campaigns or projects or secret initiatives that you obviously need to share with me? (laughs) Yeah. I think for us, like we had such focus for the first two years of the business on SKU count. You know, we launched three new flavors. We're going to have new innovation that's going to be dropping in the next who knows when. So we'll have new innovation. That'll be, I think, um, a continued kind of evolution of the brand in terms of what we're doing in water and beverage overall. I think we're super excited about that. I think we're also very excited about just like, what can we do more with just like content and lifestyle in the world? Whether that means like we might have like our own liquid death, like music festival at some point, we do another movie or we put out more albums, like that kind of thing. That's always on the radar for like how we continue to figure out like growth. So I think that's another part of it. And yeah, I think it's just like really excited just to see like what this next kind of stage of the business is as we go from like fighting to get into retail distribution to now we have really good retail distribution, be able to scale that and move velocities up uh, and be able to really connect this increased awareness of the brand to sales at retail. That'll be a really exciting next chapter. And it's already kind of happening already, but to see it go from like, just two SKUs to five SKUs to now maybe eventually more SKUs and what that looks like and how did the team like, you know, rally behind that. That's an exciting part of the next kind of stage for us. Yeah, I love that. Well, you guys have done an awesome job and it'll be really fun watching where the company goes and all the crazy marketing and campaigns and merchandise and everything that you're building. So, I mean, thank you for coming on the show today and sharing what you all are up to. Until next time, where can our listeners, our viewers learn more about Liquid Death and yourself? Uh, I would check out Liquid Death on Instagram and on TikTok. Uh, We put out content pretty regularly. And then more about me, just find me on LinkedIn and just happy. Hey, 
listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.